Today, I want to talk to you about salvation. Or maybe another way to name this talk is, do I really need Jesus? Like, really? Seriously? Need's such a strong word, isn't it? You know, I like him. Maybe you love him. But do you really need him? Because if you need something, that, that puts it on the category like with air. You need air. Do you need Jesus the way you need air? Lots of us, even though we say we believe in Jesus, we can have a kind of even unconscious thinking like, well, I don't really know that I need him. See, when you know you need something, you make sure you have it. It, it becomes like a major priority in your life. Stuff shifts. If, if I've sinned against God, and, and the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you even look then at your human experience, any regrets in your life? If you were to put all the regrets, all of the sin of your life in a backpack and put it on your back, would it be heavy or not? That's kind of backing up then what St. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, if God deserves perfection and honor and perfect love, perfect behavior, no sin, no nothing, we fall short of that. The one we offend isn't just, you know, the person down the road who I said something nasty to or myself or whoever else. I haven't just damaged humans and this earth. I have damaged, in a sense, God, or at least my relationship with God. And that that damage is infinite. Why? Because if I sin or if I do something against, you know, Mick down the road, that's serious. But if I do it against the head of a nation, that's really, really serious. Offenses in, has to do with the dignity of the one offended. Now, if God's dignity is infinite, then any sin I do against him is infinite. And how do I pay that back? If it's infinite, everything I do is finite. I can never, I can never do that, fix that up. Why would this be a problem? Why? Because, because justice. So God is nice and loving and kind, and he would love to just forgive all of our sins, but he's also perfectly just. And justice means to give each person their due. You think of it like karma. What goes around comes around. You do a bad thing, you're going to get bad stuff. You're going to have to pay a bad price. If you do good stuff, you'll be blessed. Karma is kind of like a system just based on justice, actually. It's not really based on mercy. Christianity believes that God is both just and merciful and its understanding of salvation actually brings these two things together beautifully and perfectly. And as far as I know, is the only religion that actually claims to do such a thing. Now we can, especially when we think of ourselves, want to kind of go, well, you know, I'm not that bad. And, you know, God's really kind and loving and merciful. But if you stop thinking about yourself for a moment, because we tend to be ridiculously kind and merciful to ourselves, at least if it means getting off the hook of something, you think of somebody who bullied you. Or think of like someone who's a, not just, you know, oh, did some minor offenses, but like serious, nasty piece of work, serious abuse of, of the innocent, of the young, of everybody, like, like the, the, the absolute worst you could think of. And do they deserve mercy? Do they really? No. And any of us, any, I used to work in a secondary school and it was, it was amazing how quickly teenagers can turn on people because they're, oh my gosh, that person, they should be you know, have their skin ripped off and their heads bitten off. They had such a strong sense of justice. You know, this is wrong and that person should be punished, punished, punished. And that's not just exaggeration. There's something in that. There's something in us that demands justice. There's something in nature that demands justice. And there's something in God that demands justice. But God, thank God, is also merciful. So how do we, how on earth could we get these two things together? Because under justice, I do not deserve heaven. Therefore, under justice, if God was just just, I should go to hell. Ta-da. And the scriptures would say everybody has fallen short. 
and nobody deserves to get to heaven. That's a tough word, isn't it? How do we get to heaven? For God to just say, ah, oh, don't worry, don't worry about your sin. Just come on into heaven. Would be kind of for him to say, ah, do you know what? All that stuff you did, it's really nothing. That would be a lie. You know, and I know it wasn't nothing. Even the small stuff, it wasn't nothing. And God's never going to say it was nothing. In fact, he in Jesus ultimately states, yes, the, the horrible, horrible seriousness of any crime, any offense against him or anybody. And he reveals the ugliness of it. And then he, he answers that ugliness and he pays for that ugliness. And he brings us into his, and then gives us his mercy. And mercy is undeserved kindness. So it's, if it was deserved, it would be justice, be payment. Whereas what he brings us into amazingly is, is just undeserved kindness. So my sin must be paid for. A friend of mine was at a conference, and at this point, um, she wasn't Catholic. She had grown up Catholic, but she wasn't Catholic, and she was involved uh, in Buddhism. So there was a guy at this conference, and he was talking about karma. He was a bit of a guru, and someone said, you know, if the Buddha is so good, why doesn't he help us pay off our karma? And the response from the guru was, nobody but you can pay off your karma, but you're the only one. Justice right? I got the debt, I have to pay it off. So anyway, my friend there at the conference, here's this response. Nobody can pay off your karma, only you. And she realized, actually, somebody did. Jesus did. So she packed up her bags and she went home, a Catholic again. There's some way that Jesus actually found a way to pay off my guilt, which is, a, it's a, that's a big one. And that's why we believe that Jesus was not just God, but he was also man. And salvation, I believe, really requires not just God and him to be merciful. It requires it requires God to become man. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of what that means. He didn't become a human person. He took on a human nature to use it as a tool. Of course, God can't suffer. That would like contradict the nature of God. But if God was to take my nature, a human nature, then through that nature, he could suffer. Because to pay the price, there must be the capacity to suffer in some way. But also then a human couldn't, like, you can't become one. I could get really, really close. I could love someone loads. But how do I actually become one, not in nature, but in person with somebody? And that's the extraordinary thing about Jesus. And the claim of Jesus is that he became so united with us that he even shares our guilt. He even can share our guilt if you are willing to give it to him. And we believe this happens through en entering into union with him in baptism. It's this extraordinary, you become so immersed in him, again, not just in nature, in your person. So that if you look at your passport, your heavenly passport, you are in Jesus. St. Paul says it all the time, you are in Jesus. What he's actually referring to is you're actually united to his person. That you look at, at, at the passport and it says, you know, your name and it says Jesus' name. And, and, it, and it's one of those like funny, you know, those funny little holograms where you see like Jesus' face and then you see like Mary's face when you turn it side to side. It's slightly cheesy, but it's a bit like that, except it's Jesus and it's you and it's Jesus and it's you. And in a certain sense, only Jesus can get into heaven, but you if you are united to him in baptism and faith, you actually become, you become Jesus. You become united to him perfectly. Even you, though you may not feel it or act it or love like it, this is what actually happens. And this is essential in order for him to be able to take my guilt. So that on the cross, he was paying for his sins. Sounds crazy because Jesus can't sin because he's God, but he can take on my sin perfectly by being perfectly united to me. And then they are his sins because he and I are one.
and he confesses them to the Father as his sins. St. Paul confirms this. He says, Jesus became sin. He didn't just pay the price for all sin. It was personal, guys. Jesus became sin, and he confessed that sin to the Father. And, and here's the other thing. Okay, so let's say Jesus came and he was just a man, you know, and he managed to get perfectly united to us. But then he would just be finite. So anything he paid, the price he paid, would just be a finite price, just like if I suffered and died. But he's also God. And everything that God does is infinite. It is perfect. It is unspeakably valuable. So one action of Jesus, one action of, of God is enough to pay because it's an infinite it's to pay an infinite price. So for Jesus to even shed, as St. Thomas Aquinas says, one drop of his blood would have been enough to save the whole world because even that is infinite and is sufficient to cancel all of my sin and all the world of sin. He, he gave everything because that's what love does. doesn't say, well, I'll give you better. There you go. It gives everything. And God is love. He gives himself entirely to you and for you. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for me. He took my sins to himself and then he paid everything for them. Completely not, so it didn't just cancel my debt, but because I'm one with him, all of his merit, all of what the positive, the amount of money you could say in his bank account, in my bank account, it was just debt. He canceled my debt and then he took all of the positive in his account and he put it into my account. So all of a sudden, I'm not just free from sin by his sacrifice. I am actually, I have all of his merit. So the father, see, when he looks at me, he sees the one who died on the cross. He sees his perfect son. He sees Jesus because me and Jesus were one. And this is how we believe that justice is, is satisfied, but also mercy is given. Because I didn't deserve that Jesus would come and satisfy justice. I don't deserve that he would offer me this incredible gift of baptism to become one with him and not just have my sins be forgiven, but to receive all, all of his goodness, all of his love, so that I can be loved by the Father as Jesus. I don't deserve this, you don't deserve this, but it's freely offered to you. Would you like to take him up on the offer? It is the most unspeakable gift that anyone could give. And it wasn't cheap. And it's not free. He paid the price so that you don't have to because you never could. And he just wants to know, just firstly, that he gave that for you so that you might know you were loved and you were lovable. And then if you want, he would love to bring you into that reality that you could actually experience total forgiveness for your sins, total freedom from sin and the fullness of relationship with God in Jesus. If you've liked this, this video or any of our content here on Call to More, if you want to like and subscribe, um, thank you.